Welcome in to the DNVR Draft Podcast, presented by In We Go. I'm Henry Chisholm. That was Andre Simone. I'm inspired from yesterday's TDSP. Oh, I did. I see. I, ju- I just told you that's the first one in months that I haven't caught yet. Ryan was doing a really good job at his, uh, what is that, the blowhorn or whatever? Oh, yeah. Air horn. Air horn. Yeah. You know, like when you're getting hyped, you do a... Yeah. Yeah, that used to be like in rap songs back probably like when you listened to rap. That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. When I was your age. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Nine Um, years ago. Yep. Before we get into the show, we want to tell you just a tiny bit more about InWeGo, which is an incredible service. Um, Essentially, you just get tickets to things and... They're worth a lot more than the money you pay for them. You're essentially buying a subscription to then get unlimited tickets around the Denver metro area. So many tickets. When you were hired at DNVR full-time, then BSN, where did InWeGo rank on the things you were most excited about? Like if I was it the most exciting oh, thing easily. that you were moving to Denver and could use your Inwego pass again? It was incredible because so even going back to my first time here when I was interning, yeah, like like I get here the week before our partnership with Inwego launches, <laughs> right? And so I get here and people are explaining like, so here's how this is going to work. And I'm like, what? It I'm, sounded I'm like, too good. Exactly. To be true. Like I'm fresh. I mean, it still does. I'm but. fresh out of Montana. I can't watch professional baseball if i wanted to like i can't go i can't pay to go to a concert and then all of a sudden i'm getting to like see taylor swift for free like see all the rockies games for free it's perfect yeah 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 included within your subscription so technically not free but when you go to enough rockies games then it really is like taylor swift's basically like an add-on i know well and that's the thing is that like if if you're paying i think it's like 45 dollars a month Mm -hmm. for four events Mm -hmm. like that's that's a good deal oh especially because like you you go to to three events you're still it's still great yeah like one one food festival is like a hundred (laughs) bucks right so so there you go you're you're doubling your money like right there plus you can go catch some rockies games and they give you decent seats they have concerts like third eye blind is coming up there on there Ooh, nice i don't think i could name one of their songs but i do what but but yeah like it's third eye blind like i know it's third eye blind step back from the ledge my friend i bet that's a (laughs) reference (laughs) that's a third eye blind song (laughs) okay but yeah um and it can be free for you if you guys use the code dnvr then uh your first month's free it's basically four free tickets yeah, I mean, the, wh- how could you turn that down? Ten free tickets if you use it the right way. Yeah, the use NPR it. NPR podcast listener. Exactly. Okay. Um, so we're here to talk about the draft, the NFL draft. Oh, now I've got that song in my head. Uh, see, I uh, see, and and that's why, that's why I don't need to learn because then it get stuck in my it's head true. every time I tell people they can go to a Third Eye Blind show. Yeah, unless it's a good song, <laughs> it might be. I mean, it's a classic. I bet. Um, so we mostly want to talk about the combine today. Um, makes sense. Yeah. Because it happened. We are a draft podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we've, um, we've talked about mo- a lot more about things that matter a lot less. We, in the, we have. In and the we weeks. will again. Yes. Just wait until <laughs> June. Here, July. Here. 
For example, we ranked the Pac-12 quarterbacks at one point. A very useful exercise. Yeah. Well, five of those guys were in Indianapolis at the combine. It's crazy. So we'll kind of run through every position and, uh, yeah, give you some winners and losers. I wrote about 2,000 words on this. You can find that on dmvr.com. You know, subscribe, support us, all that. We love you for it. Um, But, yeah, the quarterbacks were interesting. And I think with a local angle, we could start with Steven Montez. Yeah. He played really well. He looked so good. Looked good in drills. Yes. Runs a four five eight with the first forty. Really impressive. Um athletically really impressive at two hundred and thirty-one pounds. It was fun watching it with Kate and I'm going, Whoa, what did Steven just do? And she's going, Oh, is that a good time? And I was like, Well, two hundred and thirty pounds it is. Yeah. Uh, seriously. So arrows pointing up for him. Arrows pointing way up. Every pass he mm-hmm. threw looked beautiful. Yeah. Like, he put everything right on the money. Justin Herbert got a lot of credit for how he performed in those drills, and he totally deserved it. Um, Another again, big winner. Yep. All those outbreaking routes, though, those are the things we knew that he does well. Yeah. Like, that's that's what makes him, like, a good quarterback prospect. That's right. He can throw any route. Mm-hmm. Like, he'll spike a couple of throws. He might specifically spike those throws in the last two minutes of a close game, but yeah. you know that he can do all of those different things. So, I think Steven looked... No, maybe not quite as good as Justin Herbert, but he was right there in that same conversation, those drills. Yeah, the after drills. the top dogs, he's uh, very firmly in that kind of next-tier conversation, those high upside guys you'll take a flyer on after round three. Um, Montez will be right up there, as will Cole McDonald, another extremely athletic player. Uh, Jalen Hurts, very athletic, looked good throwing in drills. Um which just looks more and more smooth mechanically. Arm strength was showing up. Um, who kind of confirmed they are who we thought they were was Jake Fromm and Jacob Eason. Yeah. Fromm seemed like he's for you know trying to push it to really prove he has the arm strength, and because of that, his accuracy <clears throat> accuracy suffered on the deep balls. And Eason deep ball looked good. The underneath stuff, though, it was a little hit or miss. So, you know, against air in shorts, that's not what you want to see from those guys. And Jordan Love keeps having um, some hype. And then some, uh, it seems like reports for the most part are positive on Tua's medicals. Yeah. But um, I was hearing someone make a really good point that because of the HIPAA laws in this country, um, you can't disclose medical information. Just like our, your doctor, when you go and do a checkup, yeah. can't disclose your medical information. Yeah. The same goes with team doctors at the NFL Combine. So we won't know for certain exactly. But, you know, it sounds like Tua could be in play as early as number two to the Redskins. Yeah, and I, I think so. Isn't that crazy, though? That they would just move on from Dwayne Haskins? The it's year crazy. after the Cardinals do the same thing with Rosen and Kyler Murray. It is crazy, but it goes to show you, you know, at the end of the day, you know, these guys, uh, that's just how it is. It is. 
it's uh, it's fluid. When you hear that, does it make you want to see the and Broncos consider going after somebody? Like like say Tua falls to fifteen. Well, you know me. I mean, I'm I'm pretty high on Tua. I think it yeah. it should at least be a conversation. Yeah, should at least be a conversation. But these rookie contracts do make it easier for you to cut your losses on the on a quarterback and say, you know, whatever. Yeah. We'll just take another one and maybe this guy still has some value and I can flip him for a second rounder like they did with Rosen a year ago. Yeah. But so anyways, yeah. I, I I could really see Tua going as early as two and he could be the fourth quarterback taken as well. You know? I could see it. So it's uh it's interesting, but those were kind of my big takeaways from the quarterback group there. Hurts, man. Hurts is climbing. There's more and more buzz with Hurts. It's kind of crazy, though, because I was so high on him early. Oh, I know. We've come full circle. I know. And mm-hmm. then I totally dropped off and was like, I don't think I don't think he has it. I, yeah. I don't think he has the arm. Yeah. But then now, all of a sudden, people are back on the Hurts train, and I don't know. I don't know. He scares me. I think he scares me more than some of the others. But then you have to remember that, you know, with quarterbacks – you either hit or you don't. Mm-hmm. Like it's either you have somebody who can take you to Super Bowls or you don't. And even though Jalen Hurts feels like he's risky, like there's almost no middle ground. He's either going to be a very good quarterback because he has that athleticism, and if he has the arm to survive the NFL, he's going to be dangerous right. for a long right. time. But if he doesn't have that arm and it kind of looks like he doesn't, what are you even doing? But then, again, you look at Jake Fromm and say the same thing. Maybe there's a little more middle ground, but is that really valuable territory for a quarterback to fall anyway? Yeah, you know, right. You're still just a fringe playoff team just outside the playoffs. I don't know. There's some mental gymnastics going on with all of this kind of stuff. But How you talk yourself into these guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah for sure. For sure. Who would you... Hurts from Eason, who would you rather see in the division? So basically oh. the one that scares you the least. Uh, Eason. I, w- I want Eason in the AFC West. Then if, from then Hurts, if you rank the three? I think so. I think so. Um, f- from and Hurts are very close. Again, from would be interesting in Oakland with their Deacon Dunk. Yeah, offense. definitely. I, I don't think Eason would be. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, definitely not. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, even even hurts in that dink and dunk off offense. You know, we've talked. Maybe that ball placement isn't there, but that that seems like kind of the formula when you have these athletic guys. Is yeah, good point. Spread things out horizontally. Yeah. Open up some running lanes right up the middle for them. Yeah, I mean, with uh, that O line, that tight end, that running back. Say they draft someone like Henry Ruggs in at twelfth <laughs> overall, and then you have a guy like Hurts. Who can you can de- see how that offense would be great. Right. You get the ball out quickly, and then when things break down, he's a good enough athlete to go off script. You know. I like it. That could be intriguing. So, yeah, Hurts is the one we least want to see in the AFC. I West, think so, I think. Yeah. just because he does have that big upside. It is different, though. When you're talking about, like, if, if you're a football team, you're trying to win championships, but if you're playing against teams, and you don't want to see a guy, even like Philip Rivers, who can't win championships, Seeing him over and over in the regular season, like those are tough games. That's where that middle ground is a little scary. But still, yeah. Hurts would be scary. I th- I think I wouldn't bank on Agreed. him panning out, but just the thought of him potentially doing that would keep me up at night a little bit. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, be a little concerning, especially since I just like laid out a perfect scenario on how he could work in Oakland. In yeah, Las Vegas. Las Vegas. Oh, R.I.P. Oakland. All right, <sighs> running backs. Running backs. Okay. Interesting wow. how the Broncos sat down with J.K. Dobbins. Very interesting. And the more I think about it, especially with Bouye being signed, so that cornerback need isn't as prevalent right now. Yep. If one of those top running backs is staring you in the face at pick 46, that second rounder, <laughs> Dobbins, Taylor, Swift, you're at least thinking about it. I'm taking at uh, least. Again, you got to see what else is happening. But I think if yeah. if Swift is there, I would have a very tough time not taking him. Yeah. He's where I'm at right now. I spent some time on these running backs um, this week, just watching him run the balance, the little cuts. Like it's, it, you see him the and you subtle say, "Subtle little wiggle he can." It's yeah. all it takes. It's all it takes, and you can see that that is going to work at the next level. Mm-hmm. You just know that that is going to work at the next level. Mm-hmm. He has the hands to be a factor in the passing game. Yep. Maybe not the top end speed, and and that's what kind of scares me away from taking him early because four forty eight he ran so good, not great yeah. jumps. 35 inches, 10 foot, 1 inch. That's good. It's not elite level. Yeah. And it's I, and not elite level explosion or athleticism. I think I think that 40 time was a good one for him, too. Oh, I yeah. He I've, needed that to like yep. stay in that top 50 combo. But again, usually when I'm looking at like a first-round caliber running back, which is where DeAndre Swift is, it's tough to f- think that you can take one that doesn't have breakaway speed. Like it, You don't take a running back in the first round who could get run down from behind you know like like they have to be very close to perfect yeah. prospects to go yeah. there yeah. but swift even though he doesn't quite have that if he's there at 46 you can't say no that's an intriguing conversation with dobbins and taylor those are a little bit different honestly so with those two i kind of go back jk dobbins kind of reminds me of like a zeke in the way he runs it's very much a straight ahead brush people off whereas mm-hmm. jonathan taylor has a little bit more like wiggle like his body just bends in a more saquony type way mm. and there's some obvious differences between those two sure, but, sure. But that's the way i see those two and so trying to pick one that fits best in the broncos scheme is kind of tough and i think that both of them have some potential to not pan out like sure. I, sure. when i look at deandre swift i say he is a lock to be something. When I look at J.K. Dobbins, I'm like, yeah, he can run through arm tackles at the NFL level. That'll be enough to be a productive running back, I right. think. Right. But but you do worry. Maybe we're looking at another Carlos Hyde. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not to only make Ohio mm-hmm. State comps, but, you know. And, like, Jonathan Taylor, like, how many times does he, like, get wrapped up or, like, just barely? Like, it seems like when you're watching him, so many times he's like, jumping over the hands of somebody who's like trying to grab at his ankles from behind and you're like <laughs> right if, if three of those change there go like 150 rushing yards this year and at the nfl level like maybe all these little tiny things deandre swift just creates so much space and separation that you yeah. know that he's going to be successful i just don't yeah, i'm with you he does uh, feel like he's the best one at creating yards for himself. Yes. Another guy who's really good at that is Cam Akers from yeah, Florida State. Yeah, I like him too. He's very intriguing in Denver. So we should mention, though, because we've been talking these backs up all year, Jonathan Taylor's arrow is pointing way up. Yep. 
because he ran a 4.39. So my roommate's from Wisconsin. He's a big Ooh. Wisconsin fan. Mm-hmm. He has a big Wisconsin fan group chat. Yeah. And he was <laughs> telling me the day before the combine, like, everybody in the chat is putting hundreds of dollars on the under on Jonathan Taylor's 40 time. They're saying he's going to run a 4.51. There's no way he runs a 4.51. Right, he's so much right. faster. He ends up running a 4.41, right? At first run, yep. And, and I, I was in my room. I was I think I might have been like recording a podcast during that. And I like walk out and I was like, you see Jonathan Taylor's like, yeah, 4.41. What I tell you? Like he's he's a good back. And he's then a really bested good it on back. the second one. Oh, 226 really? oh, I didn't pounds. See the second. Second one was the 4.39. And then his 10-yard split so, you know, they calculate how fast you were mm-hmm. on the get-off in those first 10 yards, which, honestly, those numbers should be more important than a lot think. of the 40s. He was a combined best in a three-way tie with Henry Ruggs and Jalen Rhaegar at a 146 10-yard dash. So, incredible. Um He's intriguing, man, but you make some really solid points. Our guy, um, Anthony McFarlane, runs a 4-4-5, which is good. His 10-yard split, not good. His jumps were not good. He'll drop a little. One of our guys, Zach Moss, didn't run super fast. I'm not concerned. That's not what he is. Same with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, ran a low 4-6. Again, we need to remember Josh Jacobs ran a low 4-6. Yeah. Last year. Yeah. So... And he was just fine. You know, a guy I keep coming back to since the season's been over is mm. Joshua Kelly. Huh. One's a 4 4 9, 1 5 4, 10 yard split. Jumps are decent enough. I think there's some receiving ability. You know, when healthy, he was blowing up the oh, Pac 12 yeah. last year. He, he's the reason UCLA had the season it had. Like UCLA was right. supposed to be a lot worse, um, but but they really found kind of a bit of a defensive identity and then just pounded the rock with Joshua Kelly. Everybody knew that Joshua Kelly was getting the ball on every snap, and he was still productive. He's just big, Killed. physical. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I like him. Again, I, when I'm looking at... Day what, three, if you don't get your guy in day two, okay. I would really start to look at him in day yep. three. I and think, I think that makes a, a lot of sense. For, for me, though, when I'm looking at running backs for the Broncos... I don't, I don't. I don't necessarily think you need a power back. And no, agreed. And and I think there are a lot of people who say, well, you have Philip Lindsay, but yeah, I think I think you want to pair Phil. At, at the worst, you want to pair him with a guy who's a physical straight line runner, a, a, a J.K. Dobbins type, somebody who's just like a hit a hit a hole, break these tackles right. at worst, but still be pretty fast. And then if you want to go after somebody who is pretty small, pretty shifty, um, who's an example? Oh, uh, like the guy at Arizona, J.J. Taylor, who's a lot of fun. Like, he's just a little speedster. Like, I wouldn't mind going that small either. I just don't want anything more than, like, 215, 220 pounds. You know, maybe... Right, maybe with Taylor being the one exception. Yeah, because you want to throw them the ball. You want them to be able to make plays. Well, you think of how much Freeman and Booker were used in the passing game. Yeah. Like, Phil being there doesn't eliminate those, like, 15 snaps a game where those guys are being, like, flexed out. Phil is not a good third down back. 
He he is not. I think he could be better I think he if could they gave be. him more opportunities. Oh. But yeah, so far he has not been a good third. Yeah, and and I think we've kind of danced around that for a long time, saying, well, like, look, he has the traits. Like he'll get better, and I do think he'll get better. And I think that he had the production at CU is what's weird. Mm-hmm. I th- I think that this year, I mean, I think he's even said like he was going to get better at that kind of stuff with the hands and that kind of thing this off season. But again. We haven't seen that. We need to see him be great in pass protection, be great catching the ball, running routes. Um, and I think that's within him, but you know DeAndre Swift is going to do that. Here, here. And if he's there at 46, you have to take him. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. Um, some disappointments. You know, Ahmed Savon, Washington, uh, not good for a speedster at 197 running in the four sixes. J.J. Taylor, another guy, 185 runs in the four sixes. James yeah. Robinson of Illinois State is seen as another speedster at um, he's at 219, but another guy who ran in the four sixes. That doesn't mean, oh, forget him, never select him. Go back to the tape, which we're all going to have to do. Mm-hmm. And if you think they just had a bad day, then there's some value. We got to remember, these guys have been playing football for a long time. We can yep. go back and watch some high school tape. We can watch some tape from their freshman, sophomore, junior, sometimes senior years. Basing your analysis on one run, <laughs> that's it's it's lazy. Yeah. It's lazy. So don't be lazy. Use the combine as a tool, but not as the end-all, be-all. Yep. So when you what's what's your strategy with the running backs? Like now we've kind of talked through a bunch of the guys mm-hmm. we liked. Going into the draft, what's what's like your plan? Are you saying we want to use a third round pick, but then if DeAndre Swift falls, then we'll use a second? Or are you saying like let's use a fourth or a fifth? Yes, I would love to use a third round pick on running back. Okay, or really target. Now, I, if one of the big three is around at pick forty six, I'm thinking about it. My plan, yep. though, would be round one and two, I'm going wide receiver, tackle, tackle, wide receiver, depending mm-hmm. on how things fall. With those three round three picks, I try to get a running back, and I'm trying to target that next tier of runners, the Cam Akers, the Anthony McFarlands, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I'm going after those guys. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Um, seeing who drops, what have you, you know. How do you rank Swift, Dobbins, and Taylor? I'm s- going to stick to my rankings basically all along as much as um, Taylor's going to make me rethink this, and I'll probably... I, I want to go back to the tape and rewatch these guys, but it's still going to be Swift, Dobbins, Taylor. I think that that's a good call. But boy, they're all neck and neck, basically. Yeah. yeah, I think there's more separation between Swift and Dobbins than Dobbins and Taylor, but you know, for me, it just Swift seems to generate so much space and then mm-hmm. know how to use it. His feet are just so clean. Mm-hmm. We look at Dobbins, it's like, yeah, he can run through a bunch of tackles, and I think he can probably run through a bunch of tackles in the next level, but there is that little bit of doubt. Like, yeah. will they bring him down? Then with Taylor, it's like, does he really have the wiggle to like right. get past guys at the next level like he does here deandre swift i just don't question things the usage with taylor is a bit more concerning yeah yeah Yeah. definitely yeah and uh it's nice that wisconsin gave him more reps receiving but that still is a a more in the minus column than it is the plus column yep though there's upside for that to be in the plus column yeah let's get this out the way wide receivers Uh, 
so Visca didn't do well. Didn't do well. He was outrun by uh, Steven Montez. So that's too bad. Gosh, yeah, he was. Um, when the times came in, the final official oh. times, they were like neck and neck. I think Visca beat him by a tenth of a... Hundred? No, no, a hundredth of a second. What did they flip it? Oh. A four five eight rather than the four five nine. Oh, good. Um, you know more than the time because as I wrote in my piece, um, at Visca's size, almost two hundred and thirty pounds, it's not a mortal sin to run um, a four five. Mm-hmm. The bigger issue is with. Uh, this is no news. The biggest concern with him is the ability to stay healthy. He can't run 20 yards on a 40 and be yep. healthy. His first run, he had to kind of abort, and he didn't look fast. And it was just like, man, what are we doing? Did you pull up limp? And then I read some quotes where he was saying, well, I'm not 100% yet, um, but instead of resting up, I've had to train for the combine and stuff, which is like, wait, What? Get your priorities straight. That That's the decision. exact wrong thing. And Clutch Sports, his agency, who, of course, super high-powered. But, you know, they have more experience in basketball. I wonder if they just botched this whole process. And then after that 40, reports come out a couple days later. He's going to need surgery. Complete disaster. Complete yeah. disaster. Yep. Um, he's out of the top 20 conversation. Yep. It'll be an upset if he goes in round one at this point. I agree. Though I still think teams like the Chiefs or Saints will be quite intrigued by him being around. 49ers. Um, 49ers would be phenomenal. Packers. Uh, there are some teams I could see just saying, hey, screw it. We're going for it in round one, late round one. But, you know, it's not going to be up to those guys because first the medical staff needs to clear them. Yeah. And that is kind of like, uh, who knows? Who knows? So really disappointing for this guy. He remains one of the highest upside prospects of this entire draft, but um, that's only going to go so far. Yeah. Well, it's the same. Th- I mean, it, it sounds like that's just that same n- nagging groin injury that it's been for forever now. And yeah, you got to get that taken care of. What are you doing running when there's a chance that could happen? I, I don't know. Unreal I, that anyone could advise him. To have trained for the combine instead of recovering. Probably. Seriously, but Unreal. again, I, that's that's been the book on Visca. It's like, oh, you're still hurt in week 15 of the season because of an injury from week two of the season. It's too bad they didn't give you two weeks off at some point before a bye week. Would have been, ugh. Yeah, it's people <laughs> kind of looking out for their own interest and giving them the wrong advice for his long term. Health and viability of his career, it's uh, its sad, honestly. But also at the same time, I know Visco was pushing him to let him play. And for maybe sure. he was the one pushing them to say, nope, we're doing the combine. So we don't know for sure, but it does. And at a certain point, you got to be like, hey, man. No. You either no, follow no, no, this no, no, no. advice it's, you or don't you do find. This. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Bummer, bummer, bummer. Um, and yet, Brandon Ayuk almost ran slower than him, as you predicted. Uh, yeah. At, uh, you know, almost I know. I, I was two so pounds hyped. lighter. Uh, yeah, and I, I I brought this up right before the combine and said Visca's faster than um, yeah, Brandon Ayuk. I did, and I was so excited when I when I was like watching. I was like four or five. It's like knew it. Here comes Visca. Visca's gonna blow him out of the water. 
and then no. What was supposed to be the easy part of the whole thing? <sighs> yeah. Such a bummer. Um, lots of guys ran slow. I would say that yep. in general, I thought this wide receiver class, which still I have massive hopes for and still think it could be a historic group, in general, I would say more underwhelming performances than ones that impressed me. Um, C.D. Lamb tests purely average. Yeah. Um, also, 189 pounds. C.D. Lamb coming in lighter than Jerry Judy. Yeah, and like the same exact height, too. Did not expect yeah. that. Yeah. Judy, taller than expected, but... The uh, his agility tests were very underwhelming. Um, so I felt like he kept <laughs> pace, and teams won't read too much into it. But could yep. be tough. Um, yep. You know, it, and Rugs of course had a big week because while he didn't break the record, he ran that four two that you know the big Tabowski was convinced he wouldn't. Ha. Um, yeah, sh- <laughs> shouts to you. Um, you know, I think a guy I was starting to really uh, come around to, like Juwan Jennings of Tennessee, the big wide receiver, mm-hmm. he runs in the four sevens, kills his stock. A guy I really loved at the Senior Bowl, KJ Hill, he runs a four six, not impressive. Um, That's just pure slot receiver. Yeah, and Antonio Gandy Golden, a guy I was really high on, runs a four six, which at his size is fine. I was really impressed with his quickness in and out of routes. Well, that quickness testing did not go well for him. Um, Courtney Davis of Texas A&M, a big-time speedster, he underwhelms. I thought Gabriel Gabriel Davis looked decent, though, when he was running routes and stuff. I was impressed by him. Yeah, and like we should mention, Lamb looked good in workouts, too. Lamb looked incredible. Yeah, he looked <laughs> like he. It, it, you see, like a all of a sudden, hash. it's like okay. So I've been pushing this whole Jerry Judy is still the best receiver, but then you watch that, and it's like no. Yeah. Look, look at this man. Look at what he's doing. That's how I fall. That's how I feel. And now the the thought of Judy or Lamb potentially dropping to fifteen, I think, is real. And As you it's a dream scenario. Dream scenario. Because those are top five talents in this class. To me. Yep. A very talented class. Yep. Um. But a few winners, Chase Claypool of Notre Dame, Seriously. 238 pounds. Him and Megatron, Calvin Johnson, only 230-pound-plus wide receivers to run in the 4-4s. Yeah. Pretty insane, and the low 4-4s at that. Um, he's intriguing, so... Yeah, lots of takeaways from this wide receiver class. Justin Donovan Jefferson? People Jones. Oh, yeah. Donovan Peoples-Jones. Which one first? (laughs) Jefferson, because smaller than he was listed at LSU, Mm -hmm. where they had him like at 6'3", which was like, dude, they have this guy playing in the slot, and he's 6'3". But I think most of us assumed he was going to run no better than a 4'5". Oh, yeah. And a 4'4 for him, he's not dropping out of the top 25 picks. Oh, really? I don't think so. I, I think I agree. I and mean, he just seems like a classic Packer to me. Mm. Like when you look at him, it's just like you want to run a pretty traditional, like this is a very good receiver. He's lanky. He's fast. He can run routes. Mm-hmm. Like is he all the versatile? Is he going to be like C.D. Lamb jumping up and making crazy catches? No, but you don't really need that in like that downfield type of scheme that you want with Aaron Rodgers. Right. He just seems like a perfect fit. 
next to Devontae Adams. Yeah, and the fact you can put him in the slot and you know he'll get open, that is quite the advantage for a guy who's already over 6'1 and runs in the 4'4s. Yep. Uh, Denzel Mims killed it. Yes, he did. That's uh, been my guy for a little while. Um, he is a freak. Another guy I don't think is dropping out around one. Yeah. And, yeah, Donovan Peoples-Jones is one of the freakiest athletes of the entire combine. Everything he did was insane. The 44-and-a-half-inch vert, I think that's that's better than guys like Donovan Mitchell or even Zach Levine. Yeah. So, like, some of the best dunkers in the NBA. And we're going to get to this later. higher than them. But while we're on the vert, Dante Olsen, 42-inch vertical. My guy, the linebacker. Out of Montana, 42-inch vertical. Impressive, man. Ugh. Impressive. Um, Ugh. Michael Pittman, one of our guys, also tests really well uh, for his size. Mixed bag on Jalen Rhaegar. Um Good 40, but again, when you're compared to the ultimate speedster in this draft in Henry Ruggs, running a mid-4-4 four four, uh, when that guy's running a 4-2 comfortably, that's underwhelming. Yeah, I'm really cooling off on Rager and Hamler. Mm-hmm. They're both... Hamler, they, I want to see his pro day. But yeah, I mean, they, they're kind of limited in how they function. Exactly. Now, Rager jumps really well. That's part of his appeal. He's this smaller speedster. But when you see him in contested ball situations, he goes up to grab it. Where he really underwhelmed was the agility tests. Mm-hmm. Where he did like tight end level numbers. Yeah. And so it feels yeah. a bit, um, you know, it feels a bit like small DK Metcalf. But the thing is, DK Metcalf, he didn't need to have great agility because he's just built like Adonis and can run in the four threes. Mm-hmm. Rhaegar, though, I mean, I want a guy who I can rely on being like dynamic in his cuts and wiggling yep. open. You're not seeing that in this testing. So it's thing. an like, eye opener. He's kind of like Henry Ruggs in that he just runs so fast to space that it works out in the end. Right. Like right. he, he sees the gap in the zone and he gets there before anybody else can fill it. And so then it works. Right. Well, he, it's so explosive as yeah. the jumps a test. Yeah. Know. And it's like either one of those guys you'd think would be able to add the route running, mm-hmm. like be able to beat man coverage that way. Well, and they're already so fast that you can beat man coverage just by running. Right. So uh, they, it's disappointing for sure. Like with those little guys, you'd love to be able to like put them in the slot. Like, let them work around, find space, do all these different things, but they just... Yeah. Maybe they don't do that. I don't know. It's just disappointing. How many good route runners really are there in this draft, though? KJ Hill, Van Jefferson, Ruggs, Judy. Like, like there are a lot of guys with traits that would make you think that they will become good Mm -hmm. route runners, but I don't know. Yeah, just, maybe, it's just hard to decide maybe how Ruggs far is a bit premature to even give them. that tag to. I I think so, having just run back through some of the tape. But I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but I mean, that's the thing. You know, it's those things need to be groomed. Yeah, all these guys. Yep. They, everything needs to be groomed. Yeah, and that's why like the interviews are so important. We don't even get to see those. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Wouldn't I that know. be nice? Really important. If they could just like well, broadcast, how? like they put a camera in there. How funny was it that leaked video of Trey Adams where they're asking him, what is it you would change about yourself? And he makes a joke about genital size, but then that like 
You know, like, it's crazy. Man. <laughs> oh, I um, didn't see that. Yeah, well, check it out. Um, great Surprising Pac-12. Uh, yeah, yeah, truly. Uh, tight ends, not yeah. much to report about. Albert O, Drew Locke's favorite target, runs an insane 449 at 258 pounds. Also cannot block. Cannot block, move tight end, kind of more of an H-back in a lot of ways. Yep. Um, but he made himself a lot of money after a down year being away from Drew. Um, and, of course, that familiarity would make him intriguing. And top tight end prospect Cole Komet, at his size, doesn't blow the doors off anything but has really good jumps. I think he's firmly in that top 50 conversation now. Hmm. Not sure if there's anyone else who impressed you. I mean, guys like Colby Parkinson, they're big. They didn't run super fast. But the no surprise drills. there. <laughs> right. Jake, um, you know who disappointed one of our guys is Hunter Bryant. Uh, the move tight end from Washington, mm-hmm. underwhelmed with his athletic testing, uh, but we'll we'll see. You know that. Yeah, this isn't everything. I'm honestly just not excited about most of these tight ends. Like no, like it's, it's kind of not an exciting tight end class to get going. I do like Jacob Breland from Oregon. Um, mm-hmm. He'd be a late round pick, but he's mm-hmm. kind of the. I'm Brady Russell for you buff fans, but, but oh. he's, he's oh. very much like a move him around the formation. He's not going to be like the super speed. Yeah, exactly. Like put him at fullback, yep. put him at tight end. Let him, he can, he can run some routes. Like after watching this, it really does feel like eh, outside of Albert. Oh, like no one I would draft to replace Andrew Beck even. Huh? Right, like Beck I was mean, pretty solid last year. There are guys I'd want to take a shot at, but Beck yeah, is maybe so Breland, especially exactly like Breland kind of fits that same. But again, role. It's enough of a toss-up where it's almost like, man, let's just keep. Yeah, Beck, whatever. But you know, you bring in a guy like Breland, then do you need Janovich? You have Beck. Do you need Janovich in this offense? That might that might be a conversation for another day. Yeah, careful because Jano's loved. So I know. Well, I love I love Jano too. But <laughs> good, when we're good. talking Get about the fifty-three there. jobs that the Broncos are giving out. Yeah, no, and I mean, the guys like Fumagalli and stuff, they, they're they done, right? They've got to be. Like, if the whole group is healthy, they're done. They've got to be. So. Jake Butt. Is he still a Bronco? <sighs> yeah. Is he? Yeah. Hey, it'll be good to have around camp. I swear that one preseason game where they, like, insisted on targeting him early, it was like, man, this guy belongs. But, yeah, if Jake can't stay healthy, it doesn't really matter if he belongs. No. All right, final offensive group before we go to break. How... Awesome are these O linemen. They're pretty pretty incredible. Makai Becton. Dude, what a freak. Jedrick Wills, Tristan Ward. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, all so these guys. Jedrick Wills, I've been on the uh, he's better suited at guard, and that was some of the buzz that came out of the combine. But after the way he tested, like, yeah, he's a little short. He has above thirty four inch arms to make it work, but he's a he's a superior athlete. He's he's a tackle prospect. He's an incredible athlete. Again, better like he'd be better at guard because in a phone booth there's no one better than him but it doesn't even matter um the big three just excelled beckton wills um no worths was historically great yeah he tests in longer than expected silencing the oh he's a guard narrative and then does just absurd things um in the testing you know runs uh, mid four eights 
a sub 1-7 in the 10-yard dash. Uh, even 24 reps is great. His jumps are better than most of the tight ends and a lot of the top wide receivers in this class. What he did was straight up freaky. And Andrew Thomas, the lead's kind of buried because he ran the slowest of 40 of that group. He tests in with absurd 36-inch plus arms. Wow. Which in a tackle, you don't even need athleticism if your arms are that Yeah. Long. And then... Outdoes Wirfs and all the other top dogs in the agility testing. So unbelievable. Um, they're all sticking at tackle. They all uh, profile at left tackle. And I think they'll all be gone before the Broncos pick because they're just that good now. I'm so excited for this draft. Oh, this draft just falls perfectly for the Broncos. Well, because then there's second tier of tackles. Austin Jock- Jackson looks great. Ezra Cleveland of Boise State. Yep. What a freak yep and i went back after the combine to rewatch his final college game against washington he Mm. played two power five teams last year florida state to start the season in a big upset by boise on the road and then in the bowl game against washington which was like the chris peterson bowl because his former team's playing his current team ezra cleveland was lights out against those two power five teams um i think he could go round one now I've seen way crazier really? things. Yes. Jackson's also playing his way into round one. Matt Pert, who we talked about mm-hmm. after the senior bowl, has all the measurables, really um, athletic. Uh, so those guys, that second tier of tackles killed it. Josh Jackson, after so much positive momentum, didn't live up to the standards the others have set. Now, I don't think it will kill him, but I think – he becomes more of an appealing pick for teams like Minnesota and Green Bay who want to win now than hmm. like Miami's third pick who might go with the higher upside guy because they're not interested in plugging and playing a guy immediately. You yeah. Know? They have more time to develop. Um, so, yeah, that was the story from the tackles. John Runyon, a guy who I've been high on for a while, gets knocked a lot because of his lack of athleticism and elite traits. Well, actually... His arms were a little short, but he tested out as a very high-end athlete. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Thock Morton, boy, he's fallen off a cliff. Yeah, he has to. Well, and how about Tyler Biotish, too, also falling off a cliff? Yeah, a little bit. Um, didn't test because he's trying to get healthy, but, mm-hmm. yeah, the measurements weren't great. Yeah. I mean, he's under 6'4" under 33 inch arms like eesh. i know because people are talking about him as a first round pick oh i know recently i know I and think now it's like is he a third rounder probably yeah when you see like a guy like cesar ruiz dominate the athletic testing mm-hmm. for example um yeah he's he's lost some ground for sure and you know my guy Cushenberry wasn't he, lights out either on the athletic testing, but came in bigger than both those guys. Bigger and longer than both the other top two center prospects. And so. I almost feel safer with him just because he's been around so long. Like like we have always been saying, hey, Lloyd Cushenberry, he's a good guy. Second round. Maybe we bump him up to the first round right. for a bit. Maybe he's late second round for a bit. But we've just always known that he's a good prospect. Meanwhile, some of these guys, Cesar Ruiz, coming out of nowhere. Right, late late riser in the process, kind of gathering momentum. Yeah. yeah, and we should mention Trey Adams, dude, um, a guy we've talked about as a potential second tier tackle for a while. Mm-hmm. He stunk. Mm-hmm. He was bad. 
like not a good athlete, he might go undrafted when you add that to the injury concerns he has. Yeah. So. <sighs> All right. Uh, before we move on to the defense, though, let's uh, let's talk about the Colorado core. Mm. Love the Colorado core. We are Colorado to our cores. I also love that we always record this on Thursday, so Dre and I always do the Colorado core. We talk about the Colorado. Like my favorite. It's I so know perfect. it's a good one. Yeah, um, because it's bubbly and it's fruity. Not crazy fruity, but then it's got that smooth finish. Man, it's just nice all around. It's not a cider. It's not a beer. It's not champagne. It's kind of the best of all three worlds. It is. It is. I'm getting ready to go to Vegas for the Pac-12 tournament. Woo woo! And like champagne's like a big thing there. I sure, guess. sure. Like, they're just pretty much every situation, even like the brunches, like, there's like a $15 add on, unlimited champagne. mimosas, right? Yeah, mimosas. It's like that kind of stuff. So, I'm almost wondering if there's a way to just like drink Colorado Core instead. Like, like uh-huh. can I bring it in and just like pour it in and see if anybody notices this? They would champagne? love that. I think they, they would, would be so happy about it. When you first said Vegas or champagne's a big thing in Vegas, I immediately had the visual of you popping bottles at the strip club. And I was like, yeah, eh. never been to one of those, but let's invest our money. I have been to a Hooters though. Now that Hooters pageant, I'm, I don't think we've talked about that on the draft podcast. You've been, uh, you haven't just been to a Hooters. You have been a, a, a judge at a Miss Hooters Colorado on a pageant. Miss Hooters Colorado pageant. Yeah. Um, wow. Yep. It was wow, an wow, uncomfortable wow. experience. Yeah. Um, overall, it went well. I think. Good. Great. Yeah. Just sit there. You just judge girls, <laughs> and it feels oh, really right. wrong. But <laughs> they they want you As to it do should. it, and that makes it even weirder because you're like, look at them, and there's like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And the, the person who won was in a Harry Potter themed <laughs> yeah, she sexy was, costume, I assume. Yeah, something like that. I think that's what she called it. And um, she bribed you by giving you an owl. Yeah, she had a little head wig. Which is Harry Potter inspired. His owl, yeah. So she but like walks out the runway so and gave it to me. it's also Hooters inspired. Yeah. Yep, I kept so. the owl. And actually, she didn't win, but she got my vote. <laughs> there you go Love okay it. well that was a lot of hooters too um also strava craft coffee you really can't beat it it is incredible for anything that you could need something incredible for you know you have back pain it's cbd infused it'll take care of that um, anxiety ibs all sorts of different things you just have to check it out yeah for sure um and if you want to do that then you can go to their website and you can save 20 percent by uh, using the promo code DNVR20. It's non-psychoactive, um, but the CBD, it's it's worth checking out. You can get it in like whole beans or ground beans or uh, K-cups as well for those of you who live in like the 21st century. Wow. Well, I don't well, well. any sort of coffee machine, so... Jeez, get with it, man. Eh, I just buy my coffee. Yeah, you uh, you slam that cold brew, and that does the trick. <laughs> yep. <laughs> just pound it. Um, okay, moving on to the defense, though. Yeah. Uh, defensive line first? Yes. Let's do it. Um, okay, here's a question. Mm-hmm. Derek Brown or Javon Kinlaw? How do those two stack up right now? So it's still Brown for me. I think so, too. Um, But it's worth mentioning Brown underwhelmed. He did. Brown underwhelmed. Now, for a guy his size, this should weigh a little less. But 
on tape, he looks like a freakish athlete for his size. At the combine, he looked like a below athlete for the defensive tackle position. Hmm. Fair to say? Yeah. So, um, the production, though. Raises some eyebrows. Hey, man, he still has an elite grade for me. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And still some areas he can develop technique-wise and what have you. But, you know, like uh, Ross Blakelock left him in the dust on some of his testing. Um, You know, another guy, A.J. Panessa, underwhelmed. Um, Mm -hmm. I wrote in my uh, post-combine stock report piece that the idea of A.J. Panessa as a true defensive end or edge rusher has officially died after the combine. Really? Yeah, I mean, I think he's at best a five technique, a, a D end only in a three four front. Hmm. Um, and I just think that's the best spot because as a defensive tackle, yeah, he looks pretty good. He checks off a lot of boxes athletically and size wise, and what have you. As a true D end, yeah, he doesn't have it. He he's not the athlete yeah. you need to to beat those kind of great offensive tackles we have in this class and we have in the NFL in general. You know, I it think might. So. Offensive tackle is one of the weaker positions in the NFL as a whole, but there's still some premium athletes. Yep. Got one in Denver. He just can't get his stuff together. Um, Marlon Davidson's another guy who falls in that category. Jason Madbuki of Texas A&M, another guy who falls in that category. Good. Nothing nothing to write home about, as my Mm. grandpa would say. Um, Also, I kind of found myself like, boy, a lot of those elite sack producers in college, Bradley Anai, uh, Epinesa, and so on and so forth, yeah, they underwhelmed. They were not mm-hmm. very good at the combine. But then there are guys like Jabari Zaniga, who that guy killed was a freak again, but doesn't quite have the same stats to back it up as those other guys, but you right. can just see him thriving. Mm-hmm. He's an interesting cat. Um, talk to him at the Senior Bowl. Just one-on-one. Didn't end up typing anything up. Um, you know, I'm getting my phone ready to to for the voice recorder to interview. Mm-hmm. And I've got my daughter's photo on the background. He immediately starts asking me about her and um, was telling me about his newborn son that he had. And um, cool guy to talk about. You know, he's played a lot of defensive end. But I was asking him, hey, I, I think moving inside could be a good move for you. What are your thoughts? He was super willing and liked the idea and was all about it. I was talking about how he could do some of that. Um, he's 6'3", 264, 32-inch arms. Not the longest, but I think he could put on another 10 to 15 healthy pounds and still convert inside. He ran in the four sixes. Yeah, yeah. For a dude with that kind of versatile skill set, I think he really made himself a lot of money. Um, so yeah, he's, he's really intriguing. He's a big winner. Another guy, Khalil Davis, who you saw live, um, was kind of a a shrine game standout, the defensive tackle out of Nebraska. He did really well at 308 pounds. So it kind of feels like, boy, this defensive lineman class, you're probably waiting until day three at this point. I like a lot of those guys. In you know, day three, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think Derek Brown, he'd be so much fun. Oh, he'd be great. The, the he, People are kind of talking about him potentially falling to 15. I still don't buy it. 
I think like past 12, he does. I think it's much more realistic. He drops out of the top seven, which he seemed like a lock. Mm -hmm. But I think he still goes in that eight to 12 range. Yeah. You know? Yep, exactly. Uh, Eight to 13. I was thinking about this morning. Going back to like November, we're saying, you know what? If they win a couple games, do you get the 15th pick instead of the seventh pick? Whatever. That's fine. And now here we are. And it's just like, oh, maybe they should have just tanked one or two more. And yeah, because think you could maybe get the top wide receiver if you had that. Oh, pick. yeah. Someone yeah. like Brown or maybe even Okuda suddenly yeah. could be in play with the seventh pick. Simmons. Probably not. Isaiah Simmons still probably right. there. But, probably but somebody's going to fall to seven. Right. Maybe the second best tackle in this class. Imagine if Herbert goes in the top six. Imagine if you have three quarterbacks, then you oh, lose it's Chase Young. And two others, and you get your pick of everybody else. Right, like say Young Simmons offensive tackle are gone. Oh, right. Then you're looking at the second best offensive tackle, the best wide receiver, Derek Brown, Brown or Okuda or Simmons. Yep. Like, yeah, it really changes things Uh. for you. I'll, I'll get into this now. The way I see it now, as we've gained more clarity on this class, there are basically 14 prospects who are the upper echelon guys. Yep. It's the top three quarterbacks who we don't care about in Denver. Herbert, Tua, um, Burrow. It's the four elite defensemen, Brown, Young, Okuda, Simmons. It's the top four offensive tackles. We just went through them in the last segment. Wirfs, Thomas, uh, Becton, Wills. And it's the top three wide receivers. Judy, the two Alabama kids, and Lamb. That's 14 guys. All you need is Jordan Love. All you need is Kinlaw or some other wonky thing to happen before the Broncos pick for one of those 14 to drop. Yeah. And as long as it's not a quarterback, you're going to get a guy that would look really, really good in Denver. Yeah. At a key need. I think so. I, I really like a lot of those guys. Uh, I don't know. What's your dream scenario right now? Judy or Lamb to drop. I think so. I think so. I, I like scenario. the tackles. But again, for as good as all of the tackles look, I still have a couple more concerns with all of them than I do yes. with the receivers. Right. The combine raises their stock because we're dreaming on them suddenly, yep. right? We're really buying into that upside. Any one of them could be a perennial pro bowler. Right. Any one of them could be a Hall of Famer. Right. But at the same time, Wirf's had his struggles. Yeah. Beckton can be a little sloppy. Yeah, he can be very sloppy. Wills, you know, that lack of height does concern you. He's not... Wills, I'll say this. More than any of the big four tackles, I do not want him in his own scheme. Huh. In space, moving laterally, and he didn't do the agility testing. Yeah. So he could have blown you away with his downhill athleticism. That it doesn't matter if you <laughs> can't move laterally to pass block. Yeah. I'm not saying he can't do that. I'm saying when he does have to move a little more sharply laterally, like setting screens in the Michigan Bull game, he struggles. He's not mm-hmm. a an elite athlete. So I think he's much better suited for a power gap scheme than he is his own. And Thomas, like, you know, he's got some stuff to refine about his game as well. Mm-hmm. So none of those tackles are perfect. Lamb and Judy, okay, they might not be elite athletes, but dude, those guys will be 
thousand yard receivers in the NFL within their first two years. I think. Yep, for sure. It's like they're plug and play high end starters. Yep, at a really important position. And I almost so. feel like Rugs is more comparable to the tackles. Like in that, there yes. still just yes. are those questions. Yes. Like that's the tier that I have all of them on. Yes, Rugs checks off a lot of boxes. Then you put on the tape and you say, okay, I mean. I see it, but I also he see why this guy... Right, right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Final note on the defensive lineman, um, Neville Gallimore didn't run in the four sixes as the like insane freak athlete uh, that the hype was saying coming in. Still, though, man, uh, at 304 pounds, the guy is in the f- high four sevens. Um, got under the one sevens in his ten yard split. Really impressive showing for him. Yep. But I wouldn't use that forty six pick on him, even if he's around. I don't think so either. The, the tape doesn't pop enough for me. Yeah. The flashes are great, but the tape doesn't pop enough. No. For me, so. And again, it's just so strange trying to figure out where to pick different things. Because like Kinlot fifteen, it's still just a. I like it, but I like a lot of things better. Right, um, I'd much rather one of those top fourteen than Kinlaw. Exactly, but he he has he does pop, like you can tell that oh, yeah. he's a freak, mm-hmm. like all those sorts of things. But then once you get to the second round, those guys just aren't there, and you're getting back to it feeling risky. Whereas you can bring in, like, why not try out one of these tackles who we right. like? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which means they better do something about that in free agency. Yeah, for real. Yeah. Yeah. Um, linebackers. Boy, there is some speed at linebacker this year. Yeah, these these guys are fun. Well, well it's, it's it's like what we've been looking for. It's it's the way this all works is that four years ago the tight ends broke out and there was like there's no way to cover tight ends. So all these a- a- or coaches said, hey, if you want to make some money, become a fast linebacker. And now there are some fast linebackers. That's there's the market correction right Two there. Two years in a row, man. The yep. modern game is starting to really. It's yeah, it, you put it well. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy in a sense, yep. right? And that the means... The advent of the spread and air raid is creating more athletic linebackers, and you have these back-to-back combines with some freaks. And then offenses like the Ravens and the 49ers, they're built on power, are going to be able to take advantage of that. And then there you're going to start to see the shift back. It's all cyclical. It's all cyclical. Sure is. Sure is. I love it. Davion Taylor, really nice, 449. Yep. Dante Olsen, 42-inch vertical insane Love man that. how am toward you i was so fired up again that's like better than some of the most elite dunkers in the nba in the nba it's insane yeah. that a guy like that would jump like that. i want to say he's top seven in the entire combine with a 42 and uh any position any position yeah. and the other six are all running backs and receivers maybe there might not even be any other defensive players I think you're right, but I'm going to calculate that right now. Okay. Um, Davion looks great. Simmons is, my God, Hank, a 4-3-9 at that size. It, the whole thing is just dumb. Like he could truly be an outside corner at that size. He can do anything. He, he, could, he could be a fast outside corner at that size. Like He could be one where you're like, oh, wow, he's the, he's the guy we're putting on Tyree Kill. Insane. Insane. So, yeah, Olsen was tied for the second best vert of any position at this year's combine. Oh, wow, second best. Donovan Peoples-Jones is the only one who did better because 44-and-a-half-inch vert is stupid. 
Olsen was tied with safety Kyle Duggar. We'll get to him in a second. Oh, yeah. Jalen Rhaegar, you might have heard of him, mm-hmm. and Henry Ruggs. Yeah. So, yeah. Our that guy is not what I said it was, but it was even better. In <laughs> mind-boggling that he yep. would be able to do that. Um, Willie Gay Jr., Mississippi State. Time to go pop his tape on and watch that guy. Yep. Kenneth exactly. Murray, Patrick Queen, yeah. four or five flats as advertised. Mm-hmm. They're going in the top 20 picks, I think. Yeah. Also, they're like Kinlaw. They are low-key options at 15. We need to kind of keep in our head. Yeah, they're I, that I, good, I think man. they could be. I, I mean, they're that I don't good. know that I like it with the needs that the Broncos are still likely to have at that point. But I agree. I mean, imagine adding that to the defense. Imagine if, you know, well, you bring the, in a guy like Amukamara. Right. You, you, right. you get a guy like Patrick Queen, put him in the middle. You bring back Wolf. You you sign Michael Pierce, maybe. Whew. Yeah, not bad. All of a sudden, that defense is right. Top five? Ooh, easy. Yeah. And the thing with me about these linebackers is, for me, it'd be a little too... For me, it'll be a little too rich and a little disappointing if the Broncos end up with anyone that isn't in that top 14, I mentioned. Yep. Quarterbacks excluded. That would be disappointing, too, if they drafted a quarterback. But if Vic Fangio gives his seal of approval on one of those linebackers to draft them in the top 15, you know, I put my hands up and I defer to Vic. Yep. Because if those guys meet his high standards, then we're cool. Very, very true. Um, So, yeah, anyways, it's a great group of linebackers. And, you know, like our guy Troy died in a test. Yeah. Uh, So there's still time for more freaks to come around. Um, And, you know, like Malik Harrison, who's really big at 247 pounds, he did pretty darn well, too. So um, lots of talent, man. Lots of talent. Yeah. I mean, with a guy like him, you definitely have to bring in another corner. Like you bring in another corner, start playing a bunch of like cover two and, uh, you know, pinch those zones that the linebackers are playing there but then be super physical in the run game. Like, you could see how all these pieces could fit mm-hmm. together. You you have mm-hmm. enough speed that you could take another A.J. Johnson in the middle and just right. not let him run right. or throw. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love this. Well, you know what's intriguing is those productive, like, tackling machine linebackers, the Evan Weavers, the Logan Wilsons, the Dante Olsons, maybe don't blow us away, but I thought tested tested better than expected and have pushed their names in that like round three conversation yeah yeah you know wilson runs a four six a low four six decent jumps weaver mid four seven which at 237 is probably better than i expected and olsen's jump is great that translates to there's a reason he racks up 15 tackles a game yeah it's because when he's within a couple yards He's got that explosiveness yep. to make that final he's a finisher. push and close. Yes, he's a finisher. Well put. Corners. Corners. Better than expected. More speed okay. than I thought. Okay. Um, Damon Arnett's disappointing, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. Cameron Dantzler, who kept rising and rising and rising. Disappointing. Yeah. A guy like R. Darnay Holmes from UCLA. Nice showing for him. I like him. C.J. Henderson gets his stock way up. 
Noah. Um, I know that's been crazy to watch. CJ Henderson in particular, right? Like the, another guy who we've been talking about for nine months now. It's like we don't really like him. Don't really like him. And then he does this, and you start starts getting. He's getting a lot of hype in Denver. Like yeah, which I know in I, Denver. The, his question marks are like non-starters for the Broncos. Yes, exactly. Exactly. But still, I do feel like, boy, he's in that range. Like the Cowboys at 17 or even the Falcons at 16 might be interested. Yeah. A.J. Terrell ran run well. Troy Pride Jr., my guy, yeah. ran really well. Um, Noah Igbonagay from Auburn, who's been in that first-round conversation, mm-hmm. He does well for himself running in the 4-4s. Four and he's and I think he, a bit of a project, but his guy right. with upside. And, you know, for the Broncos right now, I don't – I know they already have, you know, Bryce Callahan and now A.J. Boye. Yeah. And so cornerback isn't, like, terrifying anymore. Yeah. And it feels like there's a lot invested. But if you were to spend a first, second-round pick on a cornerback, that means you're paying him four years from now. And and yes. those guys are off the books, and you're right. going to have money to invest. And all of a sudden, that's that makes sense. That timeline all adds up. And until that point, point, you 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 could have a great group of cornerbacks. So well, I, we I'm know not, what having three great cornerbacks can do for a defense. It can make you win a Super Bowl. Yeah, we we saw it not too long ago. Yep. Um, Jeff Gladney gets injured. That was a bummer. Um, still put up some decent numbers, insanely enough, but. And Christian Fulton runs a four-four, so yeah, good for him. Another guy who I think solidified his stock. Got um, like Jalen Johnson from Utah too. I'm not sure if he is an exact scheme fit, more of like that man-to-man stopper right. probably. But I was pretty impressed by him. Yeah, I thought he did well. Kindle Vidor, um, Georgia Southern, which. Tyson Summers? Yep, that was Tyson Summers, the Buffs defensive coordinator. For Did well don't. for <laughs> himself, the small school prospect. Um, runs in the 4-4s, elite jumps. Uh, he looked really well. So, yeah, it's uh, there's talent and depth at this corner that corner class that we maybe haven't always given him full credit. Yep. Yeah. I think, you know, Trayvon Diggs still, if he falls to that 46 spot then uh should be in the conversation he would sure. definitely be in the conversation for me he's one who i'm still holding on to safety class you know a lot of the top guys don't really test um some that do like xavier mckinney underwhelm but who really impressed were antoine winfield jr we've been high on him for a while because we watch college football yep. yep and two small school guys who've just been rising up boards like nobody's business one is Kyle Duggar who we mentioned tying Dante Olson for the vert jump mm-hmm. he did insanely well at 217 pounds you know running in 449 those great jumps and then uh Jeremy Chin and another guy from southern Illinois who has made himself a lot of money in this process he ran a 446 great uh bench press he has a 41 inch vertical so uh, keep those guys in mind. Maybe not the biggest need for the Broncos, but they can mix and match some things with like Kareem Jackson's versatility. Um, Kayvon Wallace, your yeah. guy, yep. really did well in the agility testing. Exactly what you want from a slot defender. Yep. Tanner Muse, the other Clemson safety, at 227 pounds, run a 4 4 1. 
and tested really well in all other areas. He's intriguing as well. He's very intriguing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Team Al- captain. Alohi Gilman. Well. He was. Yeah. I think he, they tweeted out the video of him like cleaning up the field after the combine. He's one of the guys like Rhaegar who has since put out screenshots of him being like five yards into his 40 yard or not having run yet, but the timer already being like at 0.06. Huh? Yeah. For a minute, this was a thing on Twitter just because the broadcast timer says that though. I want to remind people doesn't mean that when the official time is calculated later, that's cleaned up. So yeah. To all you conspiracy theorists out there, just consider that for a second. (laughs) Uh, yeah, so, I don't know. The Jeremy Chin, crop. Kyle Duggar, those guys are both interesting. Like you, you could totally see them becoming big names in the NFL. Where everybody's like, "Well, I don't know." It seems like good defenses have those sort of guys. Oh yeah, like those those small school. They pan out and they plug well, a gap because you safety, get them at a value. You look at the highest paid safeties in the NFL, guys like Adrian Amos and stuff. Yeah, not highly drafted. Yeah didn't come into the league with a ton of Cam Chancellor, I think, of or what have you. You need um, to be smart guys back there. Mm-hmm. And and that's why that, that testing is so important. You know, yeah. a guy like Kayvon Wallace, not saying he's dumb. I know nothing about him. But again, as a slot, you got to be smart, but you don't have to be like deep, deep playing mid center field type of smart. It's a little more instinctive read and react, yeah. right? Like yeah. it's that Ed Reed type story. Remember he, he said like he, he knew that Peyton was looking wherever and on film. And so that he could bait him and then go back and get the interception. And, and then there's like the NFL films, audio clip of Peyton saying he's never done that once before. He's never cut back <laughs> that way when he's dropped that way. And, and it's like that kind of stuff. Like it's that chess match that you have to be able right. to win when you're yeah. way back there. Oh, it's why those small schoolers rise up because yeah, you got to be smart. Yeah. Smarts are the hardest thing for us as outsiders to some extent. I mean, certainly. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's one of those things I talk about a lot with the buffs. Uh, they're going through the coaching search and, uh, you know, it's it's easy for all of us to have our favorite candidates, but the thing is, we aren't in the meetings, and it isn't necessarily like right. The athletic director says this guy is the guy, and he knows like he's he's a better decision maker than us. It's he gets more information. It's the same thing with the Rockies with Jeff Breidich, where you know he's saying like, oh, you reporters, you don't know what you, what we're talking about. We're the ones who make decisions. It's like, well, you guys get more information, but that right. doesn't necessarily mean you know how to use it better than us. Right. Yep. And that's the thing. That's Absolutely. why those meetings are so, so important. Um, I think that's it. Unless you want to talk <sighs> about uh, the uh, punters being able to bench press. Not no, that doesn't interest you. No. <laughs> it doesn't really interest me either. Um, before we get into the questions, though, we do want to tell you about Mile High Green Cross, which is located about a block and a half away from where I live. What a blessed life you're living. Yep. At 9th and Broadway. Uh, there's parking in the back. It's super convenient. They get you in and out in about nine minutes. Uh, and the best part, at least if you're like me and you have to pay attention to your money, uh, is that you can save 20% off your entire purchase once per month if you sign up for their loyalty program. Nice. Really can't beat it. And, you know, you can just go in there once a month, stock up. Like if you need to swing back through and pick up a couple things, then go ahead. But, but that's, that's the play, though. You definitely just go in and stock up. Um. Yeah, tell t- tell them 
that uh, we sent you and also tweet at us so that we know that you did it. Yeah. Um, questions? Yeah. Do you have them pulled up, Dre? I do. All right. You want to read one? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I first off, I know we... We had a little confusion because we took over the Broncos pod, so some of you didn't know where to answer questions. Yeah. We're just going a bit retroactively and finding the more recent ones on our Broncos podcast takeover episode, and I'm running through the draft pod ones and seeing if anything was thrown in there. So we will start from the draft from the Broncos pod takeover, which... Thank you so much for the uh, great reviews on that. Hank and I had a blast doing that. So we'll start with oh, oh, oh Benny Lava. That's how I say it? Sure. Oh, oh Benny Ooh. Lava. Ooh, Ooh, Benny Lava. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the advice I need, Hank. <laughs> <laughs> when I ask, you can't just say sure to me. Yeah. Um, what's up, Draft Squad? Getting so amped for this year's draft. There's so many options for us early couple hypotheticals I'm going to throw at you. So, you ready? I'm ready. Would you rather draft Ruggs at 15 and move back into the first round and grab Josh Jones? Let's say this takes our second and at least one of our thirds, probably two, or draft Tristan Wirfs or Dredrick Wills at 15 and trade back into the first to get Jefferson from LSU. Let's say this takes the same draft capital to make the trade. So essentially it's Wirfs and Jefferson or Ruggs and Jones. Jones, Wirfs and Jefferson. Yeah, same. Yep. Same, yep. same, same. Honestly, like Wirfs is head and shoulders a better prospect than Jones. Mm -hmm. And Ruggs is a marginally better prospect to me than Justin Jefferson at this point. Marginally better prospect inferior receiver right now on march 5th yes for sure for sure um yeah maybe that's a little hot takey but i think that's correct also i think greater likelihood of rugs dropping at 15 than there ever is of Wirfs or wills dropping at 15 yep well wills maybe Wirfs truly i think that ship has sailed probably also we've always said his upside was great he projects that tackle i don't know where the guard talk came from but we were proven correct yeah also on what order would you draft these defensive players slated to go in the third Ooh. davion hamilton defensive lineman from mm -hmm. ohio state jason strobridge lakey fotu so strobridge unc defensive lineman fotu uh defense more of a nose tackle from utah troy die of course our favorite linebacker from oregon uh, Akeem Davis Gay there, the athletic linebacker from App State, or Julian Blackman, the defensive back from Utah. So rank those six. Um, really like Troy Dye. Um, there there aren't a lot of linebackers I yep. like outside of that first round. Yep. Um, yeah, it's a I, weird class. I, it is because there is some depth. Like I would like to see what some of those guys would do, but. Um, once you get past Patrick Queen, Kenneth Murray, it's like, eh. Um, I do think Troy Dye would work really well, and I think I'm going to put him above some of the others, even though I don't necessarily know that he is the best prospect of the group. Um, Devon Hamilton from uh, Ohio, Ohio State. State, I do like him. Um, I'd probably put him second. Okay, I like it. Um, we agree on Dye for sure. F 
Fotu. Hamilton Fotu's a bit yep, of a toss Fotu up. Are you were thinking, but you might be correct in ranking Hamilton over him. I do like Fotu though, and and I, I think too. he'd be a fit. I, I, do I think too. he would work really well again because it's a three-four scheme. Yeah. You, you line him up at nose tackle, and if he has some pass rushing capabilities at the NFL level, then you can keep him on the field. Yeah, is that our Pac-12 bias? I don't know. And then, to some extent, I almost wonder if Davis Gaither should be the second prospect. Mm. So I think Hamilton, Fotu, Gaither, they're all going to be in the same tier. It's kind of a toss-up who you rank first. Yeah. I really like Strobridge. His tape is just... His tape and like schematic fit and ideal positions just hard to find. Um, and I like Black. I like Blackman a lot too. Yeah, I mean, I do think he's a little bit below question. the others to me. But yeah, he's a very versatile defender. Yeah. I think you can do a lot of things with him. You can put him at cornerback. You can put him at safety. Um, I, I like that he comes from that Utah scheme. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there are some similarities to what the Broncos do. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't think he's quite the same caliber of prospect. Yeah, I still I knock him fair. down just a little bit. I think that's fair. So I think Troy Dye, we agree, number one. Mm-hmm. As I have him ranked, Blackman, Fotu, Davis, Gathers are boom, boom, boom. Huh. Um, with a third round grade on each of them. So that's how I'll do it. Blackman, Fotu, Davis, Gathers. Then I'll go Hamilton. Then I'll go Strobridge. Though, in a sense, Strobridge might be my favorite for the Broncos. <laughs> like, you know, he just, he's so intriguing as an yeah. interior pass rusher. But, yeah, I mean, I i almost feel like Strobridge is the one guy who, if drafted in round three, I'd be like, man, that's a little rich. I would have rather waited to see if he could have dropped to round four. Mm-hmm. Those are some names I'm watching on day two. Also, I definitely want to get down on this betting scenario, and I have one for both of you. I've already taken on a bet on Twitter that the Broncos will pass on Henry Ruggs if he's available at 15. So which side of that are you on? I'm saying if Ruggs is available at 15, they'll take him. If for nothing else, that... That's the. It just seems like a smart bet for me. Yep. Um, but I I love the conviction, the the thinking. Um, geez, I need to go on Twitter and see who who sent this to me. I'm I'm just blanking right now. The thinking was, you know, he's the second best wide receiver from Alabama. Elway's not gonna like this guy. Which. Yeah. Yeah, you can see it. Yeah, on paper, the reasoning is sound. Um, I don't know the whole Elway doesn't like Bama guys thing is. Eh. Yeah, it's just I'm a case by case basis. Exactly. I don't think that's exactly that I I would read nothing into that. Nothing at all. Yeah. Like like odds are somebody in Elway's position, what, drafts one guy out of Bama in his whole time here, two guys. Right. Just the percentage of guys in the draft who are from Bama, the fact that zero. Right. Th- that's so within the margin of error. Like like right. it's it not just anti Bama so bias. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um also, I def... Oh, right, 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 right. Okay. Henry, I think that you may have been off the pod the week after Cat Grizz Ooh. and I give you a little FTG Go Cats Go. Okay. Oh. Uh, uh, yeah, you figured wow. out that. <laughs> wow. Now that uh, is rude. <laughs> I'm like running back. Like, there's also, we're tied 1-1 for our... Montana and Europe rise up. I I thought we'd do better, frankly. I thought you would, too. I mean, (laughs) how many people are in Europe? Like 
Seven hundred million, many hundreds of millions. Yes, we also and have a million. I know Montana. we've had. I've had several guys reach out who are European. So uh, okay, my people just aren't standing by me, but that's okay. I love them regardless. I'm a fellow Montanan, but alas, uh, Bosmanite, and therefore Bozeman. proud MSU supporter. You really should be reading this question. <laughs> I bet you one T-shirt that the Cats Ooh. will take care of business against your Grizz. Again, this coming season. Oh, let's do it. Let's do it. Taken. I, I could. You could have not been on the pod. I would have been like, yep, Henry's taking that. <laughs> we'll take that one. <laughs> Andre, what bet should we do? Hmm. I've got one. Since you were throwing shade at my guy, Ayuk, well, I'm willing oh, okay. to put a bet down on him getting more yards than any receiver that gets taken after him in the draft. Ooh, interesting. I mean, if you're giving the, me the field, I'm going to win. The field of after. Yeah, the field of after, I mean, but he, still. In theory, is the best option. Now, where this gets tricky is if I'm correct, Ayuk drops to, like, say, round three. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the, the guys behind him aren't nearly yeah. as intriguing. But I will gladly take that. I feel like that's a very risky bet on my part. Yes, it is. So with that in mind, how do you feel if I win, I get two shirts from you, but if I lose, I just have to purchase one shirt? What do you boys think? Love you boys. Keep up the great work and go cats. Wow. What a great question. Thank you so much. Um, I will take that. How I will do the odds is I'll throw in two sticker packs instead of a second t-shirt. Oh, okay. I like it. There you go. And yes, uh, anyone who missed it on the last pod, I've mentioned I've done this before. As long as it's friendly and respectful, I am happy to take on some bets, some draft-related bets with you all. Um, The wager that I like to do is if you win, I will send you a DNVR t-shirt to your address on me. If I win... All you have to do is buy yourself a DMVR t-shirt and uh, send me a screenshot that you did that. So regardless, you're a winner and you get a DMVR t-shirt. It's just a matter of did you have to pay it to pay up the bet or did I pay it for you because I lost the bet. And I'll do the same thing. So if anybody wants to bet me instead of Dre because you think I'm dumb or something, feel free. (laughs) 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 uh, I I will give you better odds because my takes are bad. I'm here. Standing by his <laughs> takes, I love it. Um, Thank okay. goodness we didn't bet on Visca. I th- yeah, no <laughs> kidding. I think the only other one we have from the draft pod takeover is from Mr. Bezos. Please, if we missed any, just send them to this. This we're back to regularly scheduled programming with the draft pod. Just throw them in there. Um, Mr. Bezos says, "Hey, draft pod, probably remember as Sutton fourteen Thomas eighty seven. Ah, yes." It's after the combine, the part of this prep where I really dig in. I ride with you all year, but I try not to fall in love with prospects until after the combine. Mm. Could be tricky. I wish I could control my heart like that. Yeah. The boards will shake up a lot now. Yes, they will. Gone are the days we can safely mock Denzel Mims to the Broncos in the second. There's also a good chance this is the last opportunity for me for the Broncos to grab Chase Claypool or Donovan Peoples-Jones. Yep, that's correct. We normally focus on the big stock changes from relatively early round players, but early after the combine, I start looking for guys that have no to little stock that I expect to have meteoric rises from their current 
stock. It was during this process last year that I came to you with the names Jamel Dean and Max Crosby. Uh, Dean, I was already high on at that point. And yeah, Crosby, I had to dig in and boy, was he impressive. Your two early targets I've identified for the Broncos and I'd like for your takes if you have them. There's a link under each uh, respective player for some... Okay, boom, 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 boom. Darnell Mooney, senior wide receiver, Tulane. This is the consolation target when Ruggs goes off the board before 15. His best comp in this draft class is Ruggs. If Ruggs is a small guy who's blazing fast with unbelievable hops and giant hands, Mooney is tiny and merely very fast with great hops and huge hands. He's your vertical speed guy who has a much larger catch radius, catch radius due to his great leaping, tracking, and body coordination. He shows all those traits in film, too. As of today, I'd be happy with taking him as early as the fourth and willing to bet he's a riser onto the... Th- oh, he rises onto the third if others are buying. Okay. Then Legereus Sneed. Senior defensive back from Louisiana Tech. The first thing you notice about Sneed is his awesome name. The second is he's from illustrious Louisiana Tech. Alma mater of, yeah, Carlos Henderson. We know, dude. Uh, So sad. Finally, you dip into his traits and play and want to go buy a sweet Sneed jersey while forgetting Carlos Henderson exists. He has the pedigree and traits of a modern matchup piece defensive back. He played corner until transitioning to safety. He's elite defensive back, fast with elite um, leaping and jumping ability that makes him great ball hawking traits that quickly turn picks into points. He'd be just the latest addition of the DB room that we can wear multiple hats and look good in them. That actually sounds great. Um, thanks for your time and inspiring me in this space, encouraging my mock drafts that must look really amateurish to someone who works in this space every day. It's truly one of my favorite times of the year, and I have to thank you for it. It's the best time of the year. TLDR, Sneed, and Mooney. I'm, yeah, don't don't throw in a, a modern abbreviations for me. I don't know what that means. Too long, didn't read. Aw. Yeah, okay. Um, but uh, also, Grizz quarterback, Dalton Sneed. Another Sneed. Just figured out. Another Sneed, Throw yes. that out there. Okay. He's gone. No, that's uh not going to the NFL. That's probably. your contribution. Yeah, Mooney yep. <laughs> Mooney, <laughs> Mooney looks great at the combine. He's a guy I need to dig on, on the tape. You know, I've watched over twenty wide receivers, but there are always more to come. Him and the uh, Rhode Island kid, um, Aaron Parker are two guys I wanna follow up on. Hmm. Um yeah. Yeah, I don't know much about either of them, but uh I will say that with uh, Mooney, I get worried about just speed for speed's sake. You know, yes. like like Isaiah McKenzie. You know, he's an example of a guy who's really fast. Car- Carlos Henderson, <laughs> uh, very fast, but also just didn't really have it. Um, and sometimes those guys work out, like because like Isaiah McKenzie actually kind of has in Buffalo, but. Uh, Right, because used the right way in a sense. Yeah, I mean the difference between somebody who runs a four three something and a four four something are it's so slim that expecting yeah, big I mean, things to come just because of that. Both these guys are sub four four guys, and right, 
just because you run a sub four four, you have to know how to use it. Doesn't mean you should target this guy over another. Um, you know, Sneed's versatility and athleticism is intriguing. Production was pretty good with seventy three tackles, three interceptions, and six pass breakups. We'll get into him as we dig into more uh, small school stuff. But I'm I'm intrigued. I love uh, I love the amount of research he, he yeah. did on all this and contributing to that. All right, through the draft pod, the big Tabowski responded to himself on the rugs comment. He said four two seven. Then dang, didn't look that fast either. Perhaps that's what's plagued my opinion of his speed, as I just don't think he was that fast on the field either. I'm happy with him at fifteen. We decide to do that, but there are seven or eight prospects I would prefer, and that includes. Lamb and Judy, we're with you. Um, I would just say watch Ruggs, especially after he's caught the ball. Like, mm. watch that South Carolina short little um, slant he catches against the Gamecocks and then turns upfield and is gone in two seconds. Because I would venture to say that's almost faster than, you know, it's like running the the way you're gonna run in um <laughs> in he looks faster than the 427 either so you know yeah yeah uh i think that's it though i think, I so. think that's it i was scrolling through uh final comments again if we missed it please just throw any in that we missed on this final on this pod that we're posting i'm sure we went really long but this was a pleasure running through the whole combine thanks hank and we'll be back next week next week do it